The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. This is the antidote with Dave Hawkins. While we certainly haven't had sunshine today, not with 15 centimeters of snow dumping this morning and pouring rain all afternoon, but I guess at least we can live vicariously through the song Video Sunshine from Knox Hamilton. Of course, the sunshine the band sings about is for a loved one, and love songs is what Knox Hamilton is all about. 
our male listeners need to pay close attention and pick up on how to increase the romance in their lives. So consider tonight to be a training session for Valentine's Day. Not that I'm an expert, but the band Knox Hamilton is. It's pretty rare for me to include love songs on the antidote, so it's going to be fun tonight to bring these ones in. I already mentioned that Knox Hamilton are pros at creating popular love songs, and that's explained during my chat with their band member, Kobo Copeland. That comes soon, but first, let's hear about love on the song Pretty Way to Fight. We were bright in the right light. 
Knox Hamilton is the band, and one of its band members, Cobo Copeland, is here on The Antidote. Thanks for coming. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. You've got to tell me what your role is in the band and who we're missing for band members. Well, I'm uh, I'm the drummer. Um, we all kind of write together, write you know music, melodies, and lyrics and stuff. But uh, we're missing Boots, the lead singer, and Drew, the guitar player, who had previous commitments. So just me. <laughs> Does that make you the low man, and you got stuck exactly. having to do this? I feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. I've heard that there's an odd story behind the band name. Um, Boots and I, we got stuck doing some community service type things um, when we were younger. I don't want to say stuck, but it was uh, not court-ordered, but parent-ordered. We uh, got in some trouble, and they made us work at our church's thrift store when we were like uh, probably 14, 15. And we were going through the 60s yearbook little rock arkansas yearbook and everybody looked super um beaver cleaver you know (laughs) kind of just really cookie cutter and this guy stuck out to us he looked super gnarly and had long rock and roll hair and you know devil neck hair kind of thing and his name was knox hamilton so we just kind of lifted it and took on his persona (laughs) i was gonna say that you never considered that taking someone else's name could be considered identity theft. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are, we're hoping to kind of uh, evade that. So you were 14 or 15 when you've got the band name. When did the band itself start? Well, we had that for a while. We had a buddy, Brad, who's not really, he's not really with the band anymore. He writes with us a lot, but he didn't really enjoy the life on the road, the touring life. So he's a professor here, but, um, we we were jamming with him for a long time, just kind of buddies, and then Drew came along. So the band kind of formed probably around six or seven years ago. The version you see before you. Um, so it's it's been about six or seven years. I did do some research, and I found that you and your brother grew up as pastors' kids. Has that faith upbringing played a role in the music of Knox Hamilton? I think so. I think so. You know, when you grow up in that kind of atmosphere, it's it's very um, loving. You know, even if somebody doesn't really believe in it, it's very loving. It's very uplifting. So that I think that kind of um, influenced our songwriting and stuff. We're not a really, you know, emo type of downbeat, really sad kind of band. We're happy. We're uplifting. We try to be anyway. And I think that kind of comes from the church atmosphere. And you know, our parents are super supportive and even if, you know, they weren't, you know, that's just kind of the, the church being pastor sons and whatnot. It's Pentecostal too. And so Pentecostals love upbeat, super, you know, positive music, just kind of get with it type of music. So that's influenced us um, quite a bit. Don't, don't. We're on the right track Keep it, darling We got 
That was Set It On Fire, another tune from Knox Hamilton's 2017 full-length, The Heights. I asked Kobo to take me on a trip through his childhood during the next part of our talk. So the church is supportive, your parents are supportive. How about you guys as kids, you and your brother? How much battling did you do? <laughs> oh man, we, uh, we have another older brother. I'm the youngest, Boots is the middle, and we have an older brother. And all of us played sports. We all loved it. And so, I mean, competition, battling, that's just, I guess that's just siblings, but it was definitely ours and uh, not so much anymore now that we're in our thirties, kind of grown up, but, oh yeah, we, we do support each other. Our oldest brother's a writer and he's done some scripts and stuff and it kind of runs in the, in the family. So we're all super supportive, but man, early on we were combative to the max. Well, you know, I have to wonder what kind of music you were listening to as kids. Who did dad and mom force you to listen to? <laughs> um, well, we were, uh, whether we wanted to or not, we were humongous DC Talk fans. Uh, <laughs> as I'm sure a lot of American Christian kids were. Uh, then I think once we kind of started growing up a little bit and, and uh, not being around mom and dad so much, we... Uh, Man, we love Nirvana and uh, Foo Fighters and Power Man 5000, any sort of rock that we could get our hands on. And it doesn't really reflect in Knox Hamilton's music, but uh, Boots and I still love some some rock and roll. And if there's any sort of, you know, grit to it, we're all into it. Well, I did ask that last question because Knox Hamilton recorded a cover of the association song, Never My Love. Was that a song that you happened to listen to when you were young? Yeah, our uh, our mom really kind of put the love of music in us. She, she was always listening to music, terrific singer. Does your mom feel that she's left out since she wasn't made a part of the band? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's uh, she's very, very much opposed to the spotlight. So I think she's uh, she would want it this way. <laughs> we had this station back in Texas where we grew up. That was just all the oldies, you know, it's James Taylor and Michael McDonald, all those, you know, the Bee Gees kind of stuff. And so we, we grew up loving it all, man. We grew up loving every single genre. And uh, I'm sure we've heard that song once or twice in our subconscious. And it just kind of kind of came back to us. Oh my 
I always like to find out where a band started, so I did some hunting online for your early EPs, but you've done a pretty good job of making those disappear. What about telling us about them? Um, that would be our record labels doing. We signed with Prospect Park, who is a, a smaller imprint of uh, Universal, and they kind of just pulled everything down. And We've gotten some angry fans uh, some responses from them for that. They can't find it anywhere. We we hope to put those back up since we uh, kind of distance ourselves from any sort of record label. We're trying to go the indie route. So hopefully we can get those back up and get people listening to them. They're really homemade, super homemade and, and really rough. But uh, there's some songs that we enjoy and we hope others, you know, kind of enjoy them. Well, let's talk about the music itself. Love seems to be the focus of virtually every song from Knox Hamilton. Does that then mean that you have a mostly female fan base? Or maybe I'm being politically incorrect by saying it that way. No, no, that's fine. I think the majority is, you know, you have your managers and your um, industry people who try to tell you to drive it home to one sort of fan base, you know, one sort of age group or gender or whatever. That's never really been our style. It is overwhelmingly female, but um, I think with kind of the rock and roll feel that we have, we attract a lot of males as well. So it's, you know, it's a mixed bag, but I mean, we just write whatever comes. I know that's, that's cliche and I think every band does that, but we don't try to steer it towards any, any certain person or, you know, group. A lot of bands have recorded songs about life on the road. That comes up on the Knox Hamilton song, Trade My Trips. But yours has a different twist because it is love-based. How personal is that song? That one was that one was definitely personal. That was uh, Boots. He, he wrote that about um, his wife. And uh, around that time, they were, I think, having their second child. And, uh, you know, it just kind of wears on you. I'm sure every one of us experienced it in some aspect. You know, you, you miss your family, you miss whoever you're with. And so that was super personal for him. And he loved recording it. He loved singing it live. And, you know, we try to be with our family as much as possible as a band that's not always possible. So, you know, that, that song just, I don't know, it kind of captures the whole feeling of being in a band. That's something that I was wondering about at your age, being in your 30s. You know, and you got all the responsibilities of married life. How difficult is it for you overall? Um, it's, it's been pretty difficult. It's been, um, it's been a challenge. We have, we have super supportive wives. They love it. Uh, my wife is actually, she's a, she's a singer and a piano player. So she, she gets the, the love of music. They're all humongous fans. Uh, it's definitely been a challenge. I don't think any more of a challenge than any other band that, you know, has spouses or loved ones that they leave back home, but yeah, they kind of get the vision. They kind of get the, uh, what we're trying to do. So the goals, but they're they're super supportive and they love it. We head into a pair of great songs from Knox Hamilton. First, Trade My Trips, then We Get Back. I can't Don't you understand 
from Knox Hamilton and you're listening to The Antidote. Fight that'll make 
make you lose your mind You never looked back, no, you never did You never looked back, no, at the price we hear It was a priceless gift We give back, we give back, don't you know Hamilton is from Little Rock, Arkansas. Why stay in that city instead of making the plunge to move to, you know, music center Nashville? Um, I think the emergence of, you know, the DIY scene, you can just do whatever you want, wherever you want now. And the internet kind of takes, takes control from there. I know there's, there's contacts to be had in Nashville that we don't have right now, but you know, we have, all of our families are here. We're super, super happy here. We love it. You know, there's a bunch to do around here. There's nature around here, that's which is crazy. A lot of people don't think that about Arkansas, but it's super beautiful. And there's like tons of producers actually around here that are, I mean, just leagues better than what we've, we've worked with and they're local. So it's like, you know, there's really no reason to kind of go somewhere you're not really comfortable with then how would Knox Hamilton consider themselves to be more of a studio-type band? Or do you head out on the road for tours? Oh, yeah, yeah, we tour. We uh, we just got off the road with uh, Blue October, and um, they're wanting us to go back out in the springtime. But, yeah, we, uh, we've we not been touring as much. Drew just had a baby in boots. Um, he has a one-year-old, so they've they've been trying to, kind of stick around close to home for a little while but so we've been on a little bit of a hiatus as far as touring but um yeah we we tour pretty consistently we're definitely in the studio a good bit but um touring is is definitely something we like something that's interesting about Knox Hamilton is that even with the band growing up in Arkansas you really don't hear any trace of the south in your music it's got that big city sound yeah, we we get that a lot. I don't really know where that comes from. I I think we do all kind of have accents and we we actually all do love like really early country. So I don't know how it doesn't bleed into it. I guess just the fact that we were humongous like Beatles fans and um Killers and just kind of rock and roll. I don't really get how it doesn't, but to be honest with you, we're huge Beach Boys fans, so you know, the surf rock or whatever kind of sound we got going is, is uh, I guess it's all thanks to them and thanks to the killers. <laughs> well, that's something I want to ask about because Little Rock is a long, long way from the ocean. So that's where right. I was trying to sort out your inspiration for your latest EP and the song Beach Boy. 
So is that your fantasy? You're going to be spending your days at the ocean. <laughs> uh, man, that would be great. Me and Rachel, my wife, we love we loved the beach. I'm not sure Drew is a big beach fan. I think he's more of a mountain type of guy, but we've gone with Boots and his wife to the beach several years in a row, so we all really like that. His Boots' inspiration for that song was actually the movie on Golden Pond, so he, uh, I on have Golden no idea. Golden Pond. I couldn't even right. imagine I, that with the two old, old people. <laughs> exactly. We have no idea how that came about and what made him write Beach Boy, but he swears that's his inspiration for it, so <laughs> we'll just roll with it. Considering that both <laughs> the actors were probably in their 80s at that point. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring the music up to date. From the band's current EP, Beach Boy, is its title track. Can we make it through this rich? I can't give up 
got to talk about something else that was really bizarre and it could have ended people's lives pretty quickly because in 2016, you released a terrifying video for the song Washed Up Together. You're putting shrink wrap over people's faces. Like, what were you guys thinking? (laughs) (laughs) That was... uh... That was actually the inspiration of the director. His name's Titanic Sinclair, and he had seen some sort of uh, Japanese art that's like a big thing over there. And, you know, he was like, let's try it out, see if we can freak some people out. And so uh, they had a tiny little hole right next to your mouth that you could breathe through. So it wasn't as terrifying as it looks, but it's still pretty, uh, still pretty freaky. <laughs> but uh, man, that was, that was a lot of fun to do. And we met some awesome people doing it. So, uh, it's it's definitely not really our vibe, but uh, it was it was cool. We we enjoyed it. And you did what? You pulled in friends and fans for the video. Yeah, or at um, least at least the ones that lived through it. <laughs> right, yeah, right. At least the ones that would brave it. Yeah, we uh, we had some friends and um, some people that our uh, manager knew and hooked us up with and stuff. And a lot of them were were online people that uh, have, you know, a big following and that would, you know, want to do that. They were looking for content, you know, to put on their sites and stuff. So it was kind of a natural match. Do 
I often talk about artists being self-revealing in their music. Of course, love songs take that to a different level, like the song Barely Missed. Does that ever make any of you in the band uncomfortable about opening up so much? Uh, I'm not really opposed to that. I, I'm, I think I'm more emo than the, the rest of them. Uh, Boots and Drew are not very uh, wear their feelings on their sleeves type of guys, but... Uh, the only way Boots is is when it comes to his songwriting and his music. And so he gets it all out in that aspect and uh, doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really show up in his uh, personal conversations. So I guess it's got to go somewhere. I barely missed you at all last night. I barely missed you at all. I barely missed you at all last night I barely missed you at all Careful what your eyes can form She can make it true
Guys are notorious for not sharing their true feelings, and that's the center of the song, Barely Missed You. Well, why don't we move on in my conversation with Kobo as we speak about Knox Hamilton's most popular song. Knox Hamilton has one song that really stands out from all the others because it's had so many plays online. It was the song Work It Out. Why did that song get so much attention? Um, we still don't know. I mean, that's that was crazy to us. We we recorded that in a tiny little town here in Arkansas called uh, Ward. And it was like out in the woods somewhere, just some studio that one of our friends knew about. We went there and just kind of recorded it. We had no idea, you know, what would happen uh, with that song. We we kind of all just took a piece of it and brought it to the table and it just kind of meshed well. And as soon as we heard it back, we were like, wow, this sounds kind of different for us. It's a little bit bigger than what we're, you know, used to, or it had a bigger feel to it. Like it was, you know, going to do something, but we weren't, uh, we weren't prepared for that.
Knox Hamilton might have been surprised by the success of the song Work It Out, but obviously it was no surprise to their listeners. I mean, it's got everything going for it, like great music and excellent lyrics. Something else that's excellent comes next week, and that's the debut release from Good St. Nathaniel. Nate Allen is really best known for the fun songs that he puts out as Destroy Nate Allen, but there's also a sad side to his life. Nate comes to the antidote to speak about the troubles he's had in the past and how he's repairing the damage to his faith. Be sure to tune in. You're going to appreciate what he has to say. Here it comes, the last of my talk with Kobo Copeland and Sight for Sore Eyes, another gorgeous song from Knox Hamilton. Have a great week. We've just spoken about the new EP, Beach Boy. The other day when we were in contact with each other, you had mentioned that you were going to be back in the studio. There's plans for more besides just the new EP? Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. We we just uh, just recorded yesterday for a good little bit, the day before, for about you know eight or nine hours. So we have about, I don't know, five or six songs that we're extremely excited about and and uh, we think people could really connect with and kind of get with, get behind. So we're we're trying to hit the studios as hard as possible. We've got a friend who's he's actually just opened up his studio full time. He was kind of just doing it as a as a hobby, and he's one of the best we've ever worked with, you know, anywhere nationally. So we're we're super excited, man. I feel like we're kind of hitting our stride, even if you know we've been kind of doing this a while. So this unnamed EP, when should we be expecting it? Um, I'm not really sure. I think, if anything, we'll probably just be doing singles um, until, you know, we can kind of get a, a better feel for when all the songs will be done as a, as a project. But um, for right now, yeah, probably just singles every every couple months if, if, uh, if we can make it happen. They have been in the business for a few years. Where should a band focus now? Should it be on the singles, on EPs, or on albums? Um, we've talked about that actually. We we uh, I, I have mixed feelings. I think the guys do too because we love a good album. When my favorite band, you know, releases a song, you know, I'm just like anybody else. I'm I'm hungry for that next one. So I feel like there's still a place for records, albums, um, but with the demand of twenty four seven. You know, the online demand, I think it has to be singles right now. And people are just, you know, they're raving us for their, uh, for their music. And, and, and that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for bands. So we're kind of just embracing it and uh, going with the flow. I'd be interesting to hear how you would describe the purpose of Knox Hamilton. Like, what is it that the band wants to achieve? Well, it's, um, we actually had a couple cool things happen right when Work It Out came out. We had a, a couple in Denver that came to us and said, you know, their their um, their marriage was saved because of Work It Out. And, you know, that's that's kind of hard to imagine as a band, just, just writing cool songs and uh, knowing that those lyrics can have that profound of a difference. And one really special uh, fan came to us and said, you know, uh, Washed Up Together was was a song that really saved her from some uh, some really dark times and uh you know just hearing that kind of stuff it 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 makes you makes you feel a little bit better what you're doing and you know you're not just out there playing in a in a club you know for 300 people you're actually you know as, as crazy as it sounds that 
you know, you're making a difference. So it's, um, it's super rewarding. And I think we just, we just kind of want to continue that, just be that encouragement or that light to some, you know, somebody somewhere. The Antidote's been here with Kobo Copeland of Knox Hamilton. Man, thanks so much for coming for a talk. All right, man. I appreciate you having us on. Thank you.